What's up, you guys? Steven Milhausen here, combat sports reporter for the zone. But most importantly, the host of this awesome podcast, The Walkway to Fight Club. It is Thursday, April the 22nd, 2021. Man, what a week it has been for the Walkway to Fight Club podcast. Good Lord and Ms. Molly. I was just looking at the numbers before I click this record button because it is Wednesday. I'm recording this the day before. Just looking through some numbers. Guys are knocking it out of the ballpark this week. Most downloaded week since the podcast has made a full-time return two months ago. It means a lot from the bottom of my heart. Thank you so much. You guys are smashing it. It's Damian Priest podcast. Good Lord, you guys love some Damian Priest. You must love hearing my sexy voice. We know Damian Priest was just there. We know I'm the real star brother. No, I'm just kidding. I wish I was, but guys are killing it, man. All around the world, you guys are listening. Thank you so much. My God, I'm just kind of looking around, and I'm seeing Burma, Denmark, Sweden. You know half these places, all right? I'm sitting here looking, and I'm like, wait a minute here. And we'll look real quickly, and I was just, I was like flabbergasted. I was doing laundry, and I'm like, you know, let's just see how, let's just see how these numbers are rolling here, and you guys are just like, and I'm looking now, and I'm, it, it, did you just keep blowing up? I'm just gonna look, I'm not gonna look today. I'm just gonna look, and I'm just looking, and I'm like, wait a minute here. Just the name of, right? We know we got the good old U.S. of A. You guys are awesome. I love the U.S. Born and raised, but. Uh, these places are, I'm like, flabbergasted. U.S., Canada, I love you Canuckers. The motherland for me, Germany. Sweden. Australia, the land of Robert Whitaker. Denmark. The Netherlands. Gotta hit the Netherlands someday, just to, like, say I've been there. And that's one of those spots where you just want to say, hey, I've been there. I've been to the, been to the Dutch land. New Zealand, the home of the middleweight champion of the Ultimate Fighting Championship, Israel Adesanya. Mark Hunt, former interim heavyweight title challenger. Norway, I don't even know what in the blue moon is in Norway. I heard you have a good sledding team. South Africa, the home of Nelson Mandela. Good Lord. The home of where Lennox Lewis knocked out. I mean, where Hasim Rahman upset Lennox Lewis to become the heavyweight champion of the world. In the UK, my brother, and in the UK, thank you so much. Like, places like, you guys, like, blow my mind away. So I want to thank all you guys. Thank you so much. It just kind of was like, that's really blowing away, and it means a lot. You know, I feel like this, you know, we're getting somewhere here, and Damian Priest really knocked it out, and he was a great guest. We talked about a ton, so make sure you guys listen to that. We got, but there's more than just that. There's Tony Khan. No, not Tony Khan. I'll put Tony Khan on there, which I should put Tony Khan on there. We got Drew McIntyre, Braun Strowman. My God, let's just, you know, all these great names in the world of MMA, all these great names in the great world of boxing. 
that have been on this podcast. I mean, God, the next week's going to be just insane. And, you know, I, and I've been doing this a long, 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 long time, 10 years in the game. And, you know, I'm always grateful for everyone that I talk to. Let's talk to them all. Dana White, Chael Sonnen, Ronda Rousey. Congratulations to Ronda Rousey, by the way. Her and Travis Brown expecting their first baby. Um, Conor McGregor, Israel Adesanya, John Jones, Henry Cejudo, Uriah Faber, Dominic Cruz, TJ Dillashaw, John Cena, CM Punk, I mean, we've talked about Drew McIntyre, but I've talked to the almighty WWE champion, Bobby Lashley. I got, we see Sean Devari. I've talked to Stone Cold Steve Austin. I've talked to Roddy Piper, Randy Couture. The reason I'm saying Randy Couture, the Young Bucks, Kamara Usman, the welterweight champion of the Ultimate Fighting Championship, Mike Bennett, the Bucks, Kenny Omega, John Moxley. Tons of great names on the podcast, guys. Make sure you guys give those a whirl. It means a lot. Thank you so much. Talking about Randy Couture. Randy Couture is the guest today on the podcast. So we'll talk about that in a moment. We got, we're going to do a podcast that's going to be released Friday. Three big guests for Friday. All combined into one show as we will preview UFC 261. The Ultimate Fighting Championship returning full capacity at the Vice Star Memorial Arena out in Jacksonville, Florida. Over 15,000 tickets have been sold. Sold out in less than a couple minutes. Headlined by Kamara Usman, Jorge Masvidal. Two for the UFC Welterweight Championship of the World. Valentina Shevchenko putting the flyweight women's flyweight title on the line against former Women's bantamweight, not bantamweight, women's strawweight champion, Jessica Andrade. And then the great Wiley Zhang. Zhang Wale, who, however you want to call her. She puts the 115-pound women's title on the line against former champion, Thug Rose. Rose Namunis. Great card. When you had Chris Weidman, Uriah Hall, first fight a card. Anthony Smith. Drew Carr Klaus. That's going to be a freaking scrap at 205. A lot of significant fights at 85, 205, three title fights. That main card is loaded. But the day before, the PFL returns. They're in the bubble. Atlantic City, New Jersey. And to help us preview that will be the UFC Hall of Famer, six-time UFC champion, light heavyweight Heavyweight champion of the world, the natural, the great Randy Couture. I remember this was 2011, and, man, I was young. And this was first podcast. It was called the Fight Club Chicago. Kind of just like how I kind of change things around there. Fight Club always likes staying in there, though, because I feel like it's got a, it's kind of like the story of my life. And I remember it was just it was backstage. The show was over, and I just saw him. You only get one shot at life. So I busted out that tape recorder and pa-pow. We had about a good six, seven-minute conversation. 
And I've talked to Randy a few times since then, but and it was like the first time. It was, it was like I was young in the game. I was just trying to get my feet wet. And you just go for it. Opportunities like that, you just go for it, guys. That's the biggest thing you can say. You get these opportunities, you pounce on them. That's kind of my – I was thinking about this today. when I was driving to go get – I was driving to get dinner. And I'm like, I only got one shot at life. You go for it. Whatever happens, happens. The worst these interviews can go is they say no. People want to reach out. People want to talk. I got something to say. I always like talking. And I like telling these people stories. I like getting the word out there, helping promotions, helping fighters. You know, whoever, athlete, whatever, whatever the cause may be, there's a will, there's a way to get the word out. And if I can help in any which way or form, it's always greatly appreciated. Next week's already loaded. And God, the rest of this week's awesome. Next week, good lordy, is already going to be great. So, and we'll get into that. We'll talk about that tomorrow. But, no, always great to talk to Randy. We talk about upcoming PFL season tomorrow night. ESPN Plus, ESPN2, big thing for the PFL. I love the fact they do the format. They do a se- it's they do it in seasons, which I think is cool. You know, you, the kind of, MMA is a grind, man. UFC is going just about every week. You got Bellator back up roaring. It's like the PFL just came in and did their thing. You know, they got they, Peter Murray. You know, they got all these different kind of owners, investors. You know, and they raise money, and, and I like that concept. And they got a good deal with ESPN. They signed a lot of big names, and they were off for a year. And you, you know, you look at Rory McDonald, you look at the former Bellator champion, former UFC welterweight title contender, challenger, former UFC heavyweight champion Fabricio Verdum, just signed Anthony Showtime Pettis, who headlines Friday night against Cassius Clay Collard. We're known for boxing, but he's been doing his thing in the PFL, so... Good lightweight main event in the lightweight tournament. And then debuting in June, June 10th, the great Clarissa Shields. So it's like PFL's really made some moves. I'm really impressed with what those guys have done from going from World Series to fighting, kind of just floundering. So now they got a really solid, stable deal. Redid the whole thing, which I thought was very smart. And the concept of it, I think, is great. Do a tournament-style format. The winner of the season... And whatever weight class it is wins a million dollars. I think that's cool. And to me, I think that's it's a good lure for a lot of guys. Looking to either revive their careers or get started and make a name. They got Kayla Harrison, who's I love Kayla Harrison. If you get her and Clarissa Shields, Shields gets some wins under her belt. I think that can be some fun. I'd be I'm down for the cause in that situation. But I love what they're doing. I'm glad there's another alternative. It's something new. It's something different. Like when Bellator came out. Bellator had the tournament concept. Winner gets X amount of dollars. And you know what I mean? An automatic title shot. And I just like, look at what they did for Michael Chandler. Does Michael Chandler get to that spot to where he's at now where he's headlining UFC 262 on May the 15th for the vacant lightweight title against Charles Oliveira? Does he get to that position? I don't know. I really don't know. Does he get there without Bellator and then getting the crack at the first fight with Eddie Alvarez? No, really got you gotta think about that. So I really I love this concept. 
I want the season's big for PFL. It really is. They brought they signed a lot of big names. Let's see what happens. Hopefully people watch. I will be watching. If you can get me on a non-work night to watch MMA or boxing, you got me hooked. So I'm definitely looking forward to that. I think that's going to be a ton of fun. But with, with Randy Couture, it was it was great. Don't forget, rate, review, download, subscribe to the podcast. It's simple. Just rate, give it five stars, review it, good, bad, or indifferent. Hey, no sweat off my back. I just want to make sure you guys are reviewing and also, guys, please subscribe. It, it, please, it definitely helps. Trust me. If you just listen, you love it, subscribe. There's a ton of great interviews in there, and there's going to be a ton more great stuff to come, I promise. Not, I'm not here to bullshit. I ain't here to screw around. I'm here to take the game over again in the podcast universe. Looks like we're starting off with a great start with Damian Priest, so I'm looking forward to that. But, no, with Randy Couture, we talked about, and we talked about a ton, we talked about the documentary, the awesome documentary. You can catch that on ESPN+. Plus. I thought the PFL did a really great job with that in ESPN in conjunction with them. We talked about the PFL. We talked about the big signings. Clarissa Shields, can she make that transition to not only now be a boxing superstar, but make that transition to MMA and what she needs to do to get to that point? There's a little bit of old stuff in there. We did talk about because it was I. We did this interview. Full disclosure, we did it right before UFC 260. So there is some stuff with Francis Naganu and Stipe Miocic. I thought some fascinating stuff. Just a couple other different things he's thought about that fight and how that fight was going to play out, and it played out exactly how Randy thought with Francis Naganu training in his gym, the UFC heavyweight champion of the world. And I thought some very, and I had to bring up Gina Carano with everything that has been going on with Gina. Randy's, she got put on the map at Extreme Couture. Randy helped her to become the superstar she became in MMA. So we talk about that with Gina Carano and why we should watch the upcoming season of the PFL. Don't forget, rate, review, download, and subscribe right now. Here is the former UFC heavyweight and light heavyweight champion, UFC Hall of Famer, and the current analyst for the PFL, which you can catch on ESPN, ESPN2, and ESPN+. And he's also an actor. We talk about that as well. Who's tougher? Jet Li or Sylvester Stallone? Right now, here is the great, the natural, Randy Couture. And we'll start, Randy, and, you know, just looking at, I love that background there. That's pretty solid. Oh, thanks. It's just a corner in my living room. <laughs> that's not bad. That's not bad. I see, I need to get that in my office. That's not too bad. Now, where are you at? Right? Are you in Vegas right now? Or are you... I'm yeah, I'm in Vegas at home. How are things right now in Las Vegas? I got some friends out there, and they feel like still with everything going on, it's been still a little, it's, it's been pretty yeah. rough. It's a little weird. Yeah. Uh, 35% capacity. You know, the gyms, my gym's open, the casinos are open, but in limited capacity, they created choke points. So when you come in, you're going through a, a choke point where they're taking your temperature. Uh, a lot of the casinos are uh, wanding and checking, you know, running you through metal detectors. Uh, crime rate has, has skyrocketed in this town. Uh, and I, uh, I, it's hard to, uh, say what's what to attribute that to but uh 
it's uh, it's crazy. We had a, you know shooting at wind. Uh, you know, had to go through two different uh, casinos in the last couple of weeks for some of this movie stuff that I've been working on, and uh, got had to get searched and wanted in both both of the major casinos, which is a a new thing. So uh, I don't know. It's kind of crazy. I think they need to call the natural. That's what I think they need to do. <laughs> what I think they need to do, Randy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> I think you got the credentials to where if someone looks at you, I think they're pretty much going to back off. Oh, uh, you'd like to think that, but I don't know. I'm not so sure about that these days. You know, you look at, you know, you talked about the gym, and I wasn't, even, I didn't even have that to bring up, but just how has the pandemic affected the gym? We were closed for two months um, when it first broke out under the original quarantine protocols and then obviously we got to open back up in a 25 percent capacity limit the classes to 20 people per class reservation only taking temperatures you got to wear a mask to get in and get on the mats once you get on the mats you can take your mask off uh we had a little outbreak uh we were open for a few months and we had i think we had uh 12 people come up positive so we had to close for two more weeks um all of those people recovered fine little to no symptoms um my son, you know, Eric, a bunch, you know, a bunch of the guys got got the COVID, and um, so we're back up and running now at thirty five percent capacity, still following all the protocols outlined by the state. Um, so we're we're doing okay. We're we're, you know, we're getting by. We're making it. So, have you been given any indication at all as to when the state will feel like they can run back at full capacity? No idea. I mean, obviously, Texas and, and some of the other states have opened up completely now. Florida has been open for a little while. Obviously, we're all hoping, I think, that, that many of the other states follow suit. Uh, unfortunately, I think the governor in this state is uh, kind of in a pact with, with the West Coast states and, and Colorado and, and whatever Gavin Newsom decides he wants to do. Uh, Governor Sislak seems to be following suit. So that's not very encouraging, in my opinion. Now, the reason we are talking today is, you know, I received a press release last week about the Randy Couture story. And, you know, the first episode aired this weekend on ESPN. I watched it this morning, actually, a fantastic episode on ESPN. Right now, all four parts of the documentary are on ESPN+. And it boggled my mind, Randy. I'm sitting here reading... I was looking at the press release and I'm thinking, why in the heck has this not been told sooner? Just considering what you've done for the sport and what you've done since then. Why do you feel like it's taken so long for your story to be told? I have, I have no idea. I mean, obviously I wrote an autobiography. What's that been 15 years ago? Uh, I remember that. Yeah. That told certainly some of my journey, some of my life experiences, that ultimately led me into MMA and, and all of that. Uh, <clears throat> but yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think maybe some of it has been subdued or suppressed by the powers that be uh, Zufa or whoever was in charge. Uh, obviously, you know, I, I was one of those guys that went against the grain in some ways, which is why I'm persona non grata with those guys now, but uh, you know, it is what it is. Uh, I was following my heart, doing my best to protect my interests and my passion and my family. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I think the PFL, uh, because they took 20, 
2020 off, which I agreed with their decision to do that. They spent a lot of time and energy building a very specific format. So to kind of halfway do it, you know, do shows to stay in the marketplace didn't make a lot of sense. And I, I agreed with their decision to do what they did. And now obviously excited to be coming back online here the 23rd of April. Um, and, and in their off year, <clears throat> they kind of started a production company to, to do some other things to promote their brand. And, and one of the things they asked is if I would be willing to do a, a you know, multi-part series. Uh, and I was like, well, heck yeah, why wouldn't I want to do that? that? That'd be great. And uh, so, they, and then, from, you know, honestly, I haven't seen it yet. I've been working on back-to-back film. <laughs> I haven't got to watch it I was going to ask you that. You ruined my next question. Yeah, I, I, I got to see the teaser, but I haven't actually seen the episodes. But on the day that that episode aired on ESPN, my phone blew up. Lots of positive feedback and uh, tons of stuff. So, you know, my mom, everybody that, that was involved and stepped up and willing to be interviewed did a great job and and uh so you know obviously the dust settles here i just finished a movie last night so hopefully in the next uh couple of days i'll be able to watch uh the episodes and I'll, I'll be a little more informed but from what i've been told it's very very well done they did a great job um and so i'm excited to see more now you were talking about back that you were shooting back-to-back movies and what movies have you been shooting and just concluded um Produced and, and shot a movie here in Vegas called Dark Angels. Uh, my girlfriend Mindy wrote the script about five years ago. I thought it was a great script. And so we've been slowly kind of trying to put all the pieces together to, to get the film made. And we're finally uh, scheduled to start May 1st of 2020 awesome. and uh, shut down by the quarantine. So uh, uh, we finally got back up and, and in a position to film it. We filmed it last month. And then, uh, as it turned out, I ended up getting another offer to do another film here in Vegas called Blowback, which is kind of a gangster bank robbery type movie, which was a lot of fun. Played a bad guy. Um, <laughs> Wait a minute. I can't see Randy Couture as the bad guy. Come on. Well, you know what? That's the fun part okay. about acting. You get to say and do crap you'd never do in real life. <laughs> that is <true. laughs> What's that experience that stage like now to be doing movies at this stage compared to when you were first starting to get into acting? Um, frankly, I, I didn't know. I couldn't find my butt with both hands when I started. <laughs> it's not something I ever uh, set out to do. I, I absolutely green. And, and, you know, I think honestly being in, in the reality shows like tough and, and fight master and some of those things were, you're, you're in front of a camera wearing a microphone almost 24 seven, you kind of forget about this nuance of being in front of a camera, having a camera in your face. And uh, so then, you know, getting a chance, my very first movie was uh, Cradle to the Great in, I think it was 2003. I remember that, yes. And uh, Jet you know, Jet Lee, DMX, Tito, Chuck Liddell, uh, we, all, we all played roles in the fight scenes in that movie. And, it was, you know, like going to Oz and, and seeing behind the curtain, the guy making all the smoke and fire back there, pulling the levers. It, it was kind of that experience. It was very, very intriguing, very interesting. And I saw an opportunity, um, obviously wasn't going to get in the way of fighting. Fighting always came first. Now, since I've retired, I can focus more on this solely and try and get better acting jobs and get more involved, learn about stuff that goes on behind the camera, as well as uh, sharpen the tools and try and become a better actor.
Who's it better to get your get in a fight scene with Jet Li or Sylvester Stallone? Um, probably Stallone. Um, you know, he just has a, a unique ability. He knows exactly his audience and his wheelhouse. And and he, I mean, there's a reason why he's been at the top of his game for over well over 30 years. He's a very smart guy, and he understands this whole industry very well. So uh, Jet's an amazing uh, artist, acrobat. Uh, he'd be the first one to tell you he's not a fighter. Uh, you know, he's a martial artist for sure. Um, yeah. And that was, you know, I ran him over in Cradle to the Grave. You sure did. He's supposed to get out of the way. I'm supposed to throw a big overhand right at him. He's supposed to just dodge it and get out of the way. And, you know, I threw it like a fighter. I didn't throw it like a stuntman and, and it ran him over. Uh, I remember that. <laughs> so, uh, and he, you know, he's like, oh man, you know, I'm not a fighter. I'm a martial artist, but so he, he's a great guy. You know, you look at, you do commentating on, when you're not acting, commentating for the PFL. And like you said, I did agree right. with what, how they, the route they chose to go in 2020. But I also like the route they chose in, you look at the free agents and you look at, what yep. they did in 2020, you look at what they did in 2021, signing people like Anthony Pettis, Fabricio Verdum, Rory McDonald. What do you make of some of the bigger acquisitions that PFL made in the last 12 months? I think it's a natural progression. You start giving guys a chance to win a million dollars to fight five times, know exactly when they're going to fight, a crack at a million dollars. That's going to attract a lot of people in this sport that Many of them would take years and years and years to get into those six-figure six type contracts uh, with some of the other promotions. Um, so, you know, I, I'm not surprised that we're attracting some of the top names in the sport now. You know, Clarissa Shields is going to be very exciting. Yeah. See how, you know, how she accommodates uh, and becomes a mixed martial artist and not just a boxer. And I say not just a boxer. I'm talking about a two-time gold medalist. I mean, for crying out loud, it's amazing. But, uh, you know headed towards that classic matchup, the judoka that's a two-time gold medalist and the boxer that's a two-time gold medalist. I mean, pretty, pretty, it's going to be a pretty cool matchup when that eventually happens. But uh, yeah, I'm not surprised we signed a lot of the best free agents in the sport um, and, and upped our game. I, you know, I think there's a regularity about knowing exactly when you're going to fight again and not have to sit out and, well, you know, when are they going to get around to me again? There's so many fighters and so many fights. I mean, there's probably two shows almost every weekend now. So it's, it's a different animal. You talked about Clarissa Shields, and that was the, the recent big signing. And, you know, you brought up her in a possible matchup with her and Kayla Harrison. And, you know, everyone for, seems everyone seems to forget you started this whole trend of facing, facing boxers. <laughs> when you, everyone forgets that memorable performance in Boston, Randy, against the one James Tony. And what advice would you give Clarissa Shields right now? Spend all of her time grappling, all of her time on the mat, figuring out these grappling situations and, and grappling and wrestling scenarios. Uh, if she can develop some strong skills there and skill sets there, especially in the defensive realm of grappling, uh, then she can keep fighters where she wants them, which is on their feet, standing in front of her. Uh, and that's going to be the task. That's going to be the, the real, you know, she's coming at it from the opposite side of the spectrum I came from. I, I, I wanted to make everybody wrestle me. That meant I had to strike with them long enough and be a proficient enough striker 
to number one, protect myself, and number two, be able to close the distance to get my hands on them. She's the exact opposite of that side of that coin. She needs to learn to grapple proficiently, keep guys, people from taking her down, be able to scramble back up to her feet and, and be hard to, to hold on the ground so that she can make people stand toe to toe with her, stand right out in front of her where, where her background suits her best. It's been a while since me and you chatted, and I never ask you this. Every time we've chatted, I don't ever ask you this question. So I'm, I feel like I'm going to, I have to ask you this now. Did you ever give more than a tenth of a second of a thought to stand and trade with James Tony? No. <laughs> I didn't think so. <laughs> I did it. I had to ask, though. But it was a mixed martial arts fight. He wanted to, to foray into MMA. I was going to give him everything that MMA brought. And that wasn't going to be stand in front of a guy like that. who's a multi-tim world champion, great shoulder roll, left hook. I mean, I studied it. I, I took him very seriously because he's a formidable opponent. If you stand around in front of a guy like that, he will put you to sleep. Now, one more question on Clarissa. You know, you look at, like you said, you know, she's going to try to balance both. She just had a boxing fight a couple of weeks ago. And now she's back in, back at Jackson's from what I've been told. And what do you think her prospects can be? If, if she does everything that, you, that you're saying right now, what do you think her chances are in mixed martial arts? I think her chances are great. Obviously, she has a mindset uh, of a champion. She knows how to win. Uh, the rules of engagement have changed. So now she's got to catch up with these new rules of engagement. Uh, and I think that everything that made her a champion in boxing certainly is there and in place to, to be a champion in MMA. You're one of the greatest fighters of all time. And one of the great, you know, and you look at what you were able to do, you know, and I always remember, I remember sitting in my, in front of my TV with my buddies, watching you knock down Tim Sylvia within about 20 seconds. And, you know, you laid a beating on him for 25 minutes and, the big heavyweight title fight coming up this weekend with Steve Bay and Francis. And I want to get your thoughts on it because who better talk about heavyweight fighting than yourself. When you look at Steve Miocic and Francis Nagani, what do you make of the rematch? Obviously I think everybody was a little surprised that Steve came out and was able to take Francis down in the first fight and, and control him and dominate from, from that position. Uh, I think that Francis recognized the shortcoming that he had and, and he's been very diligent. Obviously I'm, I'm a little closer to Francis because he's training in my gym. So I've seen the work ethic. I've seen the diligence to study, uh, asking questions and putting himself in situations that he, that he wasn't in before. Um, the, que the, the question is always in the mind of the guy that won the first fight. Okay. What's he going to change? What's he going to do different? Uh, and, and how do I account for that? Because I got the outcome I wanted. I know he didn't. He's going to study that tape, study that film, try and see what he did wrong or what he can do better to change things around. And I think that always play, puts the pressure on the guy that won the first fight um, to, to make that wild-ass guess, frankly, as to what he's going to change. And uh, Stipe is a formidable opponent. He's got an amazing fight IQ. Uh, he, he mixes and blends his, his striking and his length and strength with his ability to, to wrestle. And I don't think people expected that. Um, so it's going to be a great fight. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I think it'll be interesting. I talked to Francis on Friday and I could tell his mindset 
is completely and i talked to him before every fight but this fight in particular seems like there's a more renewed focus than what there was when they fought in boston have you noted what have you what has been the biggest difference you've noticed with francis between what we saw in january of 2018 compared to what we're seeing right now i think motivated he he you know he is just been very, very diligent, spent a lot of time in the gym, putting himself in bad situations and in positions that he hadn't been in before, focusing on his ability to grapple and wrestle uh, and shore up that part of his game. Uh, and I think that's just become, it's come from a place of desire to go out and, and win a title, to be, to be successful and, and kind of put a stamp on uh, his ability in his career and the expectations that people have of him. Because he's got so much power, he's so athletic. Um, I think that you know he, he he wants to live up to that. What does a win mean for Francis? Uh, I mean, obviously, it's it's the attainment of a goal that he set a long time ago that he hasn't been able to achieve yet, and he's just right there knocking on the door. Um, so I'm sure he's going to be elated. Uh, anytime you set a goal and work that hard to get someplace, and then you accomplish that, there, there's no better feeling. So I think that's you know that's what he's looking to feel. And what would it would mean for Stipe Miocic? I think it would just further solidify Stipe as as one of the best that we've had, uh, certainly in the in the heavyweight division. Um, he's he's just done a, an amazing job uh, representing the sport, representing himself representing his profession as a fireman and, and, and now his profession as a, as a professional fighter. I could be wrong on this, you know, and I look at, and I did a comparison. I was doing it last night of both of your guys' careers. And it just seems like to me, he's never really gotten the credit that he should be getting. And you also never really got the credit that you have, should have gotten as well. Do you, am I wrong in that assessment at all, Randy, or is it pretty much on point? I don't know. I mean, credit from whom? Credit just for what the careers you guys have had. Look at what you've done. Not many. You started this whole light heavyweight, heavyweight champion. Beat the who's who. Been in a lot of big fights and what your career has meant. And you look at what Steve Bay's done. Most title defenses ever for a heavyweight. He's a fireman. He's got a fantastic story. You got a fantastic story. It just feels like, and even looking at the, watching the documentary, it just feels like You've never gotten that credit that you rightfully deserve, not just from the media, but also I feel like from the public as well. And I also feel the same way about Stipe. I don't know. I mean, it's hard for me to talk about from my own perspective because I, you know, I've, uh, the fans are amazing and have, have showered me with love, whether I won or lost, which I've always appreciated. Uh, I think Stipe seems like a humble guy. I've never actually looked him in the eye and shook his hand. Uh, oh, wow. Seems like a very humble guy, a guy that's uh, out there to do the work and, and he's not flash and bravado and any of that other stuff that seems to get rewarded or noticed. Um, and maybe that's why, you know, you get the sense that, that he doesn't get the credit because he's not the loudest guy in the room. He's not doing publicity stunts and some of this other stuff that's going on. So it certainly was never my MO either. So you know, I don't know couple more questions Randy and thank you so much for the time today it's really appreciated and you know I wanted to ask you this too just because I know you've been close to her in the past and just what do you make of everything surrounding Gina Carano these days it seems like you know she's getting she's getting bombarded from every side of the block and 
what happened with the Mandalorian and a couple other things she is she had been doing is you know they've been people have been dropping her left and right and just I want to get your quick thoughts on just that whole the whole situation regarding Gina Carano. I think Gina's an amazing person. Obviously, I, I was part of her journey and trained with her and helped prepare her for a couple of her big fights in, in her MMA career. She trained at Extreme Couture. I know her very well. Um, I think she's an amazing person. I think what you're seeing is, is a function of what's going on in our society right now. It's not a function of Gina Carano. Gina is the sweetest person, the most genuine person you're ever going to meet. And I think what's going on is a function of uh, a part of our society right now that, that is finding ways to be offended, finding ways to cancel things that uh, rather than address them and have a rational conversation about them, they just want to cancel them. And obviously people have given, given it the term cancel culture. Um, I, you know, I don't want to get into politics. It's just oh, too, too, once you go down that rabbit hole, it's really hard <laughs> to back out. Exactly. Uh, and you know, and maybe that's part of the problem with Gina. She's got strong opinions. She's a strong female. Uh, she stated some of her strong opinions, and, and there's part of our culture that that didn't agree or didn't like it. And rather than have a rational conversation and discuss the issues, they just rather cut it off, cancel it. What do you make of MMA right now as a whole in 2021? Because it seems like MMA is more popular more popular now than it's ever been. Is that right, wrong, or, or indifferent? I definitely think uh, we are as popular as we've ever been globally. Uh, it's become the global combative sport for this generation, which I think used to be boxing. Um, we've seen that kind of transition over the years coming. Um, I think in, the, in some ways, the market's a little saturated. There's, there's one or two, sometimes three fights almost every weekend. So, you know, I think something about the era that I was in, you know, the pay-per-views and, you know, there was six, maybe eight a year. There was something special about those matchups, special about those guys. And it's become a little more commonplace. We just expect it now. Uh, so it's, you know, some of the shine maybe has, has worn off a little bit. And I think that's opened the door for promotions like the PFL with a unique format and a unique approach to the sport that have attracted uh, a lot of fans. And, and I think that's gonna continue to be the case. But uh, yeah, I, you know, I think we're going through some growing pains because of the saturation in the market, the number of promotions out there and, and all of that uh, on a global scale. It's a great time to be a fighter. Get a chance to apply your wares, right? To go, if you can't get it one way, get it in one place, you, you can go somewhere else and, and do a great job and, and make a great living. Do you wish you had the opportunity? And you said something there that really caught my attention. Do you wish that you would have had all those opportunities that the fighters of today are having in terms of having more options of places to go? No, I, you know, my journey was my journey and I wouldn't change a single bit of it. Uh, it, it is what it is. I, th I think you can't look back like that and, and yeah. you, know, you can't live with those kinds of regrets or those kinds of thoughts. Uh, you know, good for those guys that are able to, to make six figures now and, and, and do great things in this sport and get a chance to be a professional athlete, which in my estimation is a, a pretty unique and uh, thing to be you know, cherished and honored. So. And we'll end with this. What can fans expect from the new season of the PFL starting on April 23rd? Well, aside from some pretty stellar names that we were able to sign in the free agency, uh, I just think that they're going to see 
guys go out there and compete. Let it hang out. Uh, try and score those criteria points to make it to the postseason. This format is a meritocracy. It's not about running your head, talking smack. It's about going out and winning fights. And I, and I think that no-nonsense kind of business aspect of the sport in the PFL is what people really like. That's what I like. Randy, it's been a long time since we chatted. This has been fantastic. Thank you so much for the time today. It really does mean a lot. The documentary is fantastic. You better make sure you watch, sir. You got you to gotta watch yourself there on ESPN+. Plus. I, it was a, they, the team did a really great job. Make sure you do check that out, everyone, especially you, Randy. Thank you for the time, Randy, and look forward to doing this again sometime in the future. Thanks, man. Thanks for All having right. me on. It. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. Big thank you to the former UFC light heavyweight and heavyweight champion of the world, the Hall of Famer, analyst for the Professional Fighters League, the great Randy Couture. Randy's great. You know, it's just, he's so smooth. He's cool, calm, and collected. I thought it was interesting what he said about Stallone and Jet Li. I thought that was pretty phenomenal. That's how Randy really got put on the map in acting was the Expendables. And that was, man, that's back in the day buffet stuff. There, there was that was like the who's who of acting, and that. But no, that was good to talk to Randy. Always good to, and that was so gracious for that time. I got looked. I was like, man, I was expecting like 15, ten minutes, fifteen to come in. He wanted to keep going, so we went about twenty five. It was a ton of fun. You know, we can say what we want in terms of how we feel about what Gina Cronwell said, but those are his views. You know, you can't, I can never begrudge someone for their opinion, right, wrong, or indifferent. Can't, you know, that's some people thought what she said was wrong. Some people thought it was right. And some people were just like, whatever. So, but it is what it is. And I always appreciate the candor from fighters. Cause that's the one thing like you really look for from whether it's a fighter, whether they're in MMA, they're boxing, it's pro wrestling, whether it's, a journalist and, you know, in this case, Randy, an analyst, play-by-play guy, play-by-play woman, you know, head of an organization, you know, I appreciate the candor because you, I want the fans to feel when I'm, whether it's here in the audio form or whether it's the written form when I'm writing for DAZN, I want that authenticity because that is so important. That's what I want people to get is authenticity is so important because people can read through the tea leaves, hear through the tea leaves. They can hear the bullshit. People don't want to be bullshitted. They don't. I don't. I know when someone is and you kind of just sometimes I this is like whatever. There's days like, like I'll challenge a little bit and I'll push a tad, but I'm just never been a fan of that. I'd rather be up front i'd rather people be honest and then and then we go you don't get enough authenticity in this day of age you really don't so it's i always appreciate candor what i feel is honesty maybe i'm getting maybe i'm getting lied to i don't know but but a big thank you to randy guitar a big thank you to the pfl for setting up the interview you can catch randy and the pfl they do return friday night anthony pettis making his highly anticipated PFL debut against Cassius Clay Collard. 
The lightweight season begins. The winner of the season wins a million dollars. They do, and I think I like about the PFL. These guys know when they're fighting, exact day they're fighting. I think that's you know how much you're getting paid, and then at the end there's the big pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Get something to fight for, and I and you know I'm fighting for stakes. Every fight means something. What does it mean to win? You get points. It's all depending on how you win. Decision, you get a certain amount of points. Stoppages, depending on the round, you get a certain amount of points. I'm awesome. That that makes guys work harder. Guys and girls work harder. And I'm always down for that. But no, I love the concept. I hope the PFL does very well. I will be watching Friday night to watch the debut. The PFL, former WEC and UFC lightweight champion. Former featherweight title challenger, well, supposed to be featherweight title challenger, Anthony Showtime Pettis, trains out in Milwaukee under the great Duke Rufus. But coming up, the, pocket, the next podcast, Friday morning, UFC 261 preview. We will have, oh, bangers, guys, bangers, women's strawweight champion, Zhang Wale. She'll be taking on the great Thug Rose, Rose Namunas, the former champion. That fight is going to be sick. Then, the former women's strawweight champion, the woman Zhang Wale beat Jessica Andrade. Good extended conversation. I've never talked, I never talked to Jessica. That conversation was a ton of fun. I really, I thoroughly enjoyed that. Now we talk who she's trying to dethrone, the queen of 125, one of the queens of women's mixed martial arts, the bullet, the great, the phenomenal. She loves to shoot guns, and me and her share the same birthday, the great flyweight, women's flyweight champion of the world, Valentina Shevchenko. An all women's podcast coming up for you guys. It'll be available Friday morning, 5 a.m. Central, 6 a.m. Eastern, 4 a.m. Mountain Time, or 3 a.m. Pacific. Looking forward to that. That all three of those interviews were great in their own unique way. So I definitely I can't wait till you guys listen to those coming up on Friday. But don't forget, you can find Walkway to Fight Club Facebook page. Just type in Walkway to Fight Club, like and follow the page. Also, another simple way to go. Got the YouTube page. Putting up all the audio, all the videos from interviews. It's simple. Just watch the video. Like the video. Like the like the video. Hit that thumbs up. Hit that good old subscribe button. It means a lot. It's greatly appreciated. On Twitter at Walkway Fight and Instagram, Walkway to Fight Club, all in lowercase letters. Don't forget, coming up for Friday. The women's strawweight champion of the UFC, Zhang Wale. Women's flyweight champion, the bullet, Valentina Shevchenko. And the challenger to the 125-pound throne, the former strawweight champion of the world, Jessica Andrade. An all-women's podcast for Friday. A big thank you to the natural, the former UFC heavyweight and light heavyweight champion and current commentator, for the PFL, the natural Randy Couture. Don't forget, rate, review, download, subscribe, 
any of your favorite podcasting platforms. I don't care which one it is. We're available everywhere. Google Play, Spotify, iTunes, iHeart. There's a ton I have never even heard of. But you guys are cranking it out. You guys are listening. It means a ton. Trust me. I promise. I almost cried before we came on. It just, guys are killing it. You're smashing it. I'm loving it. Biggest, down, most downloaded podcast since I brought this back in a, in a new capacity. So I thank you guys so much. It means a lot. Bottom of my heart. Mwah. Thank you so much. Find me on Twitter at smulehausenjr. That's S-M-U-E-H-L-H-A-U-S-E-N-J-R. This is Steven Mulehausen. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Peace. I'm out of here.